there's a lot of you I know and a lot of you I don't know. And this room is full and that's awesome, so I'm just a little bit nervous. Um, I used to teach, so you'd think I'd be used to this, but this is a little different. Um, this is different than Matt. Um, <laughs> so uh, my name is Dia Dewar. Um, normally my husband David Dewar would be up here leading class, but he's feeling under the weather, so we're gonna add him to our prayer list. And yesterday I very bravely said, if you'll prepare the PowerPoint, I'll do whatever you need me to do for presenting. So um, give me a little bit of grace as I found out definitively that I was doing this this morning. So, um, fortunately, it's one of my absolute favorite stories to talk about, so I think he might have had that in mind when he was choosing yesterday. Um, so, uh, we'll, we will go through, we're talking about Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus, um, and that is one of my absolute favorites, like I said. Um, So uh, we did this a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to change it just a little bit. Um, so the idea here is to pick someone in the story, or I'm going to assign you someone in the story, that as it is read, that you are thinking as if you were them. You are trying to embody that person or group of people. Um, there are seven different persons or groups, so I'm just going to assign them. I'm not going to do the numbers thing because there's a lot of us in here today. So <laughs> it would take a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, before we jump into this, uh -huh. Autumn and I are sending around like a paper for a name and email. Um, if you've already put your email for the class, then don't write anything. But um, if you're interested, we would like to know who you are and like how to get in contact with you. Uh, so we're going to pass that around right now. Just be on the lookout for it. If you've already put it down, then don't worry about it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so I think I'm going to assign by rows, and I'm going to have, yeah, we can do this. This first whole row is going to look through the eyes of Jesus. Lucky y'all. The second row, I'm going to ask y'all to think about being Mary. Third row is going to be Martha. Fourth row is going to be the disciples. So y'all know where y'all are at? One, two, three, four. Okay. Um, did I say disciples? I meant Lazarus. Um, sixth row is disciples. And then those of you who are along the back are going to be the villagers. If you don't like who you're assigned to, you can look for the chief priests and the Pharisees. <laughs> <laughs> have a minor role in the part where, I mean, in the part where we're reading. I'm a little bit major, more major role later on. But so if you don't like who you're talking about, we can think a little more deeply with the chief priests and Pharisees. All right. Um, I think what I'm going to do today as far as this story, um, I was thinking about this this morning. Like, it's only been in the last couple of hundred years that we all had a book in front of us, or, or all could read it. Um, so there's kind of a lost tradition of just listening to the story. So I invite you, you don't have to, but I invite you to just listen as I read today. Um, if you are much more comfortable looking at words, I will not be offended. Um, but I will, I will read over these 44 verses. I should have thought that through. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <coughs> Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and Martha, his sister. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, 
her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the, Jews, so the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? 
Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take the stone, take away the stone. Martha, ever the pragmatist, um, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So putting this story in a little bit more of its context, I think most of us probably know it, but just as a reminder, um, we are led to kind of think that this is the same Mary and Martha who were the sisters Mary and Martha who were, Martha was saying, hey, make my sister help me, right? Um, and this is the same Mary, the Mary who probably earlier than that even um, had been weeping and anointing Jesus' feet. Uh, so this is the same family group. Um, they've got multiple stories about them and Jesus. Um, and that's, um, I don't know, I get excited about that for some reason. Um, they're very, very close to Jesus. They're, um, he visits them frequently. Um, he eats in their home. Um, <clears throat> and these, for these two sisters, like he raises their brother from the dead. Um, I'm going to be a little bit personal. I thought there was going to be fewer people here. Um, <laughs> so I think one of the reasons, thankfully I've got some very close people here who already know this. That's helpful. Um, so one of the reasons that this story is very um, dear to me. Um, so I am the oldest of three. Um, I, my brother, um, Monty, was the next in line, and my sister, Erin, was the youngest. And so for many, many years, that story of Martha and Mary <laughs> really hit home for me um, because I could very much be the one who was always doing the doing in the household, right? And as my little sister was, um, you know, she's the, she's the youngest. She got away with a lot, right? So, but she's also the one who's very spirit-led in our house. Um, and so, like, just that story of Martha and Mary, like, I could identify with Martha very, very deeply. I still do. Um, our brother, Monty, uh, passed away from cancer about five and a half years ago. So this story and this family became even more, like, I identified with um, it even more fully. Um, you notice in this story, like I notice that Martha is the one that runs to meet Jesus to begin with. Like things changed, right, from that story prior to this. Um, so she becomes, I don't know, deeper in love with Jesus because of things. Um, so anyway, this story is very personal for me. Um, I'm very much looking forward to the day when I get to hear Jesus say, Monty, come out. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of my background uh, and why I love this story. 
Oh, um, the other part about this that's kidding. Um, um, one, I love that Jesus weeps in the story. Like, he's already said verses earlier that this isn't ending in death, and yet Jesus still finds it an opportunity or a need to weep. Not just cry, weep. Um, someone shared that with me not long after my brother died. He's like, and they just said, there are times when even Jesus wept. Um, and that is very, very comforting for me. Um, and it gives me permission to weep um, when, when it's um, The second thing that I was going to mention is this story in the book of John kind of accelerates Jesus' journey to the cross. Like, you'll see in the next verses if you want to read ahead or read more, like, the Pharisees are not happy about this, right? Uh, you don't see it quite as much in what the text that we read, but um, this really accelerates, like, Jesus' journey to the cross. So it's kind of an impetus moment um, for that as well. All right, so that's enough of me talking. Um, so th think back to your character. And I'm going to give you just a few moments to reflect. What was your character doing in this story? Or in these stories? What was your character thinking? And maybe what was your character feeling? So you've been divided up kind of by rows. Maybe take, a, we're take one minute to think about it, and then we'll take another minute to talk about it with those who are sitting. You can divide up into two groups. Okay. All right, so one minute to think it over. All right. So we'll start with Jesus. What did y'all talk about that stood out to you about what Jesus was doing, thinking, and maybe feeling? Well, before he does anything like of action, he kind of does things of inaction, like he waits and he stays. Mm. Us in the back, she said they before he does anything, he has inaction, he waits, he stays. Anything else that stood out about Jesus's? I don't think I didn't talk about this, I was still processing through it. But he, like, multiple times in the story, like, people come up to him and they're like, If you weren't here, he wouldn't have died. And you don't know how they say it, right? If it's like a, if it's in reverence or if it's in like frustration, um, you like it's hard to tell because you don't you don't get the tone. Of, it's like reading a text, but you don't know. Um, but I, I, like he does a good job managing his own emotions. Like he's emotional, but he doesn't become like he doesn't react to those statements and like a he doesn't go off the chain and like get angry at those people for also like trying to process through their grief, you know, knowing that Jesus is this like incredible figure. I, I don't know. I just I feel like he manages himself really well in the face of like this crazy experience. Um, that's all. Yeah, thanks. Kind of what I'm saying. Any other thoughts or reactions to that? 
I feel like he knows, like, we know he's human because he's, like, he has the power to raise him from the dead, but he also is, like, emotional and, like, mm -hmm. weeps and is moved by people weeping mm -hmm. and, like, telling him all this stuff. And so it's, like, it's, you see both sides of Jesus in this story. Yeah. But you see him as the Messiah and him as the human as well and just going through normal emotions when someone you love has passed away. Mm -hmm. So... All right, what about Mary? What, what stood out? Well, we, we kind of talked about how Mary and Martha knew. They sent to Jesus and said that he's dying. That's how Jesus found out, through a messenger or however. And they got, they certainly got the response that it's not going to end in death. And that's what Jesus said. So they knew that Lazarus was not going to die. And yet when he did die, and Jesus showed up, and I think the reaction, them knowing that, the reaction of, if only you would have been here, you not would have died, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was accusatory, it was probably regretful. I think that's them showing that they still believe that Jesus had human limitations, that he was just too late, mm -hmm. and that he was going to heal him, prevent death rather than mm -hmm. defeating death. I think it was, a, it was a misunderstanding of what Jesus was promising to them. They even had some guilt in there, like if they'd sent the message sooner. Like, you know, yeah, I like that. We thought it was interesting that Mary is so deeply emotional and um, she's feeling this grief so much that when Martha goes out to see Jesus as he's coming, Mary stays mm -hmm. and continues to grieve. And, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that is interesting, especially compared with the other, not Martha and Mary's story. Like Mary's the one in the other story who's like at the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, she's so distraught that she can't go. Yeah. Alright, what about Martha? Maybe some similar things, but what anything stand out to y'all? In this story, um, Martha still strikes me as kind of the caregiver. And she seems like she's kind of watching over there and just weeping. Martha, there's not like a mention of weeping. Um, she comes out to meet Jesus, and she's clearly upset. But then she goes back and tells Mary, and then Mary kind of starts weeping to meet Jesus, and that's when like, Jesus meets. Um, and it seems like she's still kind of managing things, even in a different light, not in a bitter way like she was before, but in a, in a way that she still understands that um, this, Jesus needs to go, like, we need to go and meet Jesus. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can almost like see, in some ways, we can see their personalities still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything else to Um, I mean, I kind of have like a different vibe from Martha. In verse 21, she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I suppose it's kind of hard to just read that and not in an accusatory tone. Um, and then he, uh, says, hey, you know, your brother's going to rise again, you know, almost as being like, why are you upset about this? And then she basically says, yeah, I know he's going to rise again on the last day. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, tell him, like, you know, why don't you believe in me and stuff like that? So I feel like it's almost hard to read that and not feel angry at Jesus for saying that to you when, like, your brother just died. Yeah. I think that's all. That's that's valid. 
I saw all those things going over there. Um, yeah. Um, but I think also Jesus is very understanding of it. Like he also seems like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> right? I get that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, he doesn't get to say much, but what about Lazarus? <laughs> <laughs> What about um, the disciples? Even those who believe, and 
does remind me of this one. But I think in the long run, uh, it was benefit to what we're talking about. There's, there's definitely a sense that Martha and Mary and Lazarus belong to a community, right? Um, which is awful and beautiful to think about. So that in this hard moment, they are surrounded by comfort and love. And I think it is something maybe think, you know, Jesus kind of stays outside of the home in this type of case. So like when he says, like, maybe some of these are the same people who were trying to kill him, stoning a little bit earlier this reference. Like maybe that's the reason he stayed Outside, but not quite time yet, so I'm going to hang back over here. Did anybody um, think about the chief priests and the Pharisees? I'm all happy with your lot tonight. <laughs> I'm sure in the past they always showed up, so I suspect there was somebody in there watching. Mm -hmm. uh, they've heard time, they know Martha and Mary, their relationship with Jesus, so I suspect they put all these up at one time. I think there we go. Do you have any, I don't know, kind of maybe flip side of this, do you have any emotions towards any of the other people or this maybe the people you were look you were looking your eyes over, any initial emotions that come up towards any other person in this story? I'm flashing them all up there because I'm a little low on but um. um I thought about Lazarus because ultimately in the story like he was the one who needed the healing, at least you know from death and when they were talking about what Lazarus was thinking I, I just wondered like you know was he laying there thinking like is Jesus going to make it like is he going to before that point of death like because mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of us are waiting for healing of something and so I, I don't know I'm just I felt a lot in regard to what Lazarus must have been thinking or hoping before he actually did pass away mm -hmm waiting for Jesus. Yeah. I like that line you said, like, as he's waiting for Jesus to come, and we all need healings of something, like, how many of us are, like, Jesus, if you'll just come before this, whatever it is, I want to healing from, right? Mm -hmm. right? We're all still waiting for Jesus to come, right? I think for me, like, one of the, one of the things that I think about Jesus in this story is it just makes him Relatable. You know, you talked about earlier about how he even comes to a point where he weeps because I mean, he loves these people. He loved Lazarus, and it moved him to the point where it even made him well, knowing he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. To me, it makes Jesus more relatable as a follower of him, is that he understands my emotions, he understands, you know, when, when we've all experienced loss in our lives, it makes him somebody that we can relate to, and not just the Son of God, and he's a human being that has emotions. I like that part of it. It just makes it a very relatable person to me. But I thought, uh, I always went back to like the connection that 
Like I feel it's like a sadness towards like I was I read a little bit after the story and it says like the chief priests and the Pharisees like they gather after this story and they're like what are we to do this man is performing many signs if we let him go on like this everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation and so like they see this incredible act and they're like they're scared of him they're scared of what's going to happen to like their community, and they're, like, so entrenched in, like, their, what they think it means, I guess, to belong, in the words of the class, that they don't see, like, Jesus is, like, opening belonging to someone who literally just, like, died, you know, and to the family, and I think it's just sad that they can't see that, you know, in their system of belief. You kind of, um, Yep, that's the next slide. All right, good. Good job, dear. All right, um, so where in these stories, we talked about it a little bit, but is there anywhere else that we haven't talked about where you see belonging or community show up? We talked about how, you know, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus also already be- must belong to a community for people to show up after the death of Lazarus. What else? Well, she had a whole group of people that were following her, thinking she was going thinking she was going to the grave when she was going to meet Jesus. Yeah. She was she had a group there mourning with her and then you know, she's told Jesus here we need to see him. And then they follow her expecting to go, oh she's going to the grave, we're gonna go support her there too. Yeah. Um, it's kind of briefly mentioned but when Jesus first starts going to Judy and his disciples are like they're going to kill you and then Thomas says, like, well he's going to die, like, we'll go too, kind of thing. And I think that shows Jesus' community around him, like, which it didn't end up being a threatening situation, but I'm sure the whole walk there, like, those two miles, they were, you know, how are they going to get us, you know? Mm -hmm. That was a scary walk. (laughs) Two miles seemed a lot longer. Yeah. Based friendship in some capacity, mm-hmm. and 